0: Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Today, we are talking about picky eating, healthy eating, and a little bit of a case study. And hey, guess what? That case study is going to be me and my family. And I just want to take you a little bit behind the scenes and show you um, the struggle, some of the struggles that we've had and the outcomes and really how you can help your children to learn healthy habits. We'll dive into that in a minute. First of all, a few little what's going on in the background. First of all, it was my birthday last weekend. So happy birthday, me. And in the name of uh, self-care, I have had some lovely slippers from my mother, posh slippers. I'm super happy about those. And also, I decided to treat myself. I don't normally celebrate my birthday very much, but I decided that I'm going to start looking after my skin a little bit more. And so I ordered some goodies from Lush as a birthday present. And I'm taking a little bit more care with myself and spending a little bit more money on beauty products because I have to confess... And really just buy the cheapest, don't do anything. And one of the things I'm starting to do is really just use that time to think I'm somebody who takes after takes care of my skin and looks after my skin. And we'll do another podcast on this. I have someone in mind who I think can come and talk to us. So that will be super exciting. What else is going on? I am still working on the habit challenge, the Healthy You, Healthy Family Habit Challenge, which we're taking place in April. I'm super excited. It's going to be just absolutely amazing. And I'm really enjoying putting it together. One of the things I am thinking about is prizes. So there's going to be prizes for people who get involved and attend. And I'm busy working out what all the prizes are going to be. Some of them are going to be fabulous coaching sessions with me. But I'm also thinking, oh, some nice Lush products would be a wonderful gift. I hadn't realized that Lush is now... A multi-international company and extends beyond the UK, where I've known about it for years and years. And I remember going into some of the first shops years ago, when I first started working as a doctor, but now they're everywhere. So wherever you are, I think you can get hold of Lush. I'm also going to be having a little massage cushion as a prize because I love my massage cushion. And again, in the name of self-care, particularly when I was struggling with self-care, I found it really useful just to have 10 minutes to sit and get my little back massage. Clearly having a big back massage is not only expensive but it takes time out of your busy day and it's a little bit more unachievable. So those are some of the things that are going on. I am also doing Dr. Orlina's office hour. So this week we had the first Dr. Orlina's office hour and it was amazing and people had fabulous time, great comments left on the Facebook group. So thank you so much for that. People found it really useful, aha moments, breakthroughs. So first of all, come and join that Facebook group, Healthy You, Healthy Family. And secondly, sign up for next week's or this week's, tomorrow's session is going to be all about healthy eating for children, fussy eaters. Now, what I suggest you do is listen to the podcasts on healthy eating. So this one is a great start, because the podcasts give you the information and the Dr. Olena's office hour is applying that information. So thinking about how you can apply it to your life. It's not about, it's not so much about teaching. Obviously, you can pick my brains, but there isn't time to go into all the depth. So I will leave... In the show notes, a couple of other podcasts that are worth listening to as well as this one. And in the Facebook group, you can obviously ask questions. That's the place to be. Come and hang out and it is super fun. Okay, I think that is enough preamble. Let's get on with today's session. So a little bit of backstory. I trained as a paediatric doctor. We moved to Spain. In, oh my goodness, 2011, so nearly 10 years ago, at the time I had two children who were the ages of one and two. My oldest child, they basically got just under two years apart, so my oldest child turned three. And obviously, when I was a paediatric doctor, I was seeing lots of children with tummy pain, and this was before I had my own kids. A lot of those people who had tummy pain were constipated, they couldn't go to the toilet, and I would diagnose not eating enough vegetables. And I would say, you need to eat more vegetables. It's super easy. Go and check out, I don't know, Jamie Oliver. He'll tell you how to do some cooking. You can just serve them vegetables. Super easy. Just put more vegetables out there. Well, in a nutshell, that is true. But what I realized when I had my own children was that this wasn't quite so easy. I was preparing what I considered to be healthy foods. And my children weren't eating it. And I remember one day, oh, horror of horrors, my second son sitting on the toilet, crying in agony, because oh my goodness, what had happened? He was constipated. And essentially, I could see it was a bit of a wake up call, I could see that what was happening was, I would be giving him a healthy meal, a balanced meal of, say, pasta and vegetables. And what he was doing was eating out the pasta and leaving all of the vegetables. So the amount of vegetables that was getting into him was not very much. Now, on top of that, his older brother was or is a picky eater. And I really, really struggled. We would have huge, great mealtime battles I'm sure you've all heard this. You know, it kind of goes like this. Oh, can you just eat some broccoli? Child says no. Parent feels sort of hemmed in and powerless. And you scrabble around saying things like, well, you can't have dessert unless you eat all your vegetables. And the child then screams and shouts, I don't want dessert. I don't care about dessert or whatever it was. And it just created mealtimes, friction, tension, stress. Oh, my goodness just unpleasant times and i remember this sort of taking over my life to a certain extent and me having to think okay i all i do is cook dinner for my kids clearly that wasn't the case but at this time i would say i wasn't really looking after myself very well and you know a lot of those negative thoughts come out And this was kind of what I was thinking. What am I going to cook for dinner? I need to please my husband, who is quite frankly getting bored of pasta. But I also need to please my children. And I need food that is just going to be easy. At the end of the day, all I want is to meet my family's nutritional requirements in a healthy way. But I also want it to be calm and tranquil. And what I really want is bonding time. I want it to be fun. I want it to be that time in the day where we come together and enjoy each other's company. And really just relax. And that's what food should be about. That's what sharing that food should be about enjoyment and not stress and friction. But that isn't what was happening. And it felt like I was in a hamster wheel and I didn't know how to fix this. So, to cut a long story short, I did lots and lots of reading. I read everything out there. I spoke to about a zillion experts. Um, a lot of those conversations are in the happy, healthy eating for kids summits. So, you know, I really got opinions from different people. And luckily, they all said roughly the same thing. So I'm not going to go into huge detail of how to do that. But I will give you a few nutshells of essentially what I did. So I would say number one is looking at my own mindset. And I think stepping back from that battle and thinking, okay, it's not about battle. This is a power struggle and I want to inflict my authority over my children, but really and truly, I need to step back and allow them to take some responsibility for what they eat, but I still want them to eat healthily. It's not like I want them to eat cake. So how can I achieve that without me going, you have to eat your peas or you have to eat your broccoli? So creating what I call a happy eating environment. And how do I do that? And I go into more detail about that and the other podcasts that I will link to in the, in the show notes. So that was what, step one. And I think another important key that I really implemented was thinking about the food that I was offering throughout the day and thinking, okay, so, you know, our diet wasn't awful. I, I was presenting fruit and vegetables, but in a way that allowed my children to basically fill up on the goodies. So for example, you know, at snack time, They would have biscuits or cookies. And instead of saying, okay, you can have one biscuit or one cookie, they would have several biscuits and cookies. And clearly, then when it came to dinner time, they weren't feeling hungry. Well, they would just eat the pasta out. So, although the healthy food was on offer, they were able to fill up on the not so healthy food. And the not so healthy food wasn't disastrous, but it just meant that they were not choosing to eat that healthy food. So again, how could I implement a system whereby I'm allowing them to take control of their what they eat, but in a way that is presenting them with healthy food options? And this really is sitting back and looking at the bigger picture and how we create food, how we prepare that food, how we present that food. And it's a bit of what I call tough love because a lot of people think, yeah, the way I present food is perfectly fine, and my children should be able to just eat the healthy food. But children are children, children are humans, and that doesn't happen. So that was another thing that I implemented. And you know me, I'm all about easy and simple. And so now, fast forward several years, and my way of preparing food is easy and simple. Now, obviously, my way of preparing food works for me. And it's not necessarily the same for everybody else, but I don't spend hours thinking about what dinner is. And we eat lots of vegetables. My kids eat vegetables, all four of them. And number four, number three and four are twins. Number four was the most picky out of all of them. So even more picky than number one. And on one level, that made me feel, oh my goodness, it's all your fault you have a picky eater. But I knew that I was doing all the things right and that is just him. That is his personality. And there's nothing that I can do about that other than to implement the systems that help him. But what I mean by I can't do anything about it is I can't really change his personality. What I can do is help him and be aware of how that impacts me and the rest of the family. So, for example, child number four you know, not only does he have problems with what he eats, he's quite an anxious child, which is very common with picky eaters. And he really likes, he has problems brushing his teeth, getting dressed. So it's not just food. It's a lot of things about life. He loves quarantine. He would happily spend all his days in his pyjamas playing Lego or the latest craze is Magic the Gathering. That's what he would happily do. And I can see that, but I'm not going to allow him to do that all the time. So, you know, he has to go to school or when there isn't school, he has to do his homework. He obviously has to brush his teeth every single day. So it's about setting those limits, those boundaries and allowing him to take control within those boundaries. And he is someone who goes much slower in everything he does than his brothers and sisters. So he is now eight and he has only recently been able to, take charge of brushing his teeth. And what I mean by that is for years, we've had to have this little ritual where he has a little huggy, a little boost, and I start the toothbrush. He has an electric toothbrush and he brushes his teeth. And now we've taken a step further, which is to say, Sebastian, you need to initiate taking, brushing your teeth. And it's just understanding where he is and getting a balance between where he is and how that fits into the family. So when it gets to that stage of, oh, for goodness sake, I really can't take this anymore. You just have to brush your own teeth. When the time is ready, we addressed that. But much in reality, much later than I would really have liked to. I would have liked him to be brushing his own teeth at the age of three or four, which is perfectly possible for a lot of children. And physically, he had the ability to do it. He just didn't have the emotional confidence to be able to do it. So it's about getting that balance right. And I think it would be useful now to fast forward a bit and tell you where we are now. So if you have young children, you might be thinking, Oh my goodness, it feels like I can never get out of this hamster wheel. And one thing I would say to you is, it doesn't happen overnight. You can get rid of a lot of the stress overnight. But teaching your children healthy eating habits is a long-term project. It isn't do it in a weekend. When I wrote my book about feeding toddlers, and I wrote another book about picky eating, a lot of people said to me, why don't you call it how to cure your picky eater in three days? And I understand the sentiment behind that, but it wasn't something I could do because I feel that gives false expectations. You cannot solve this problem in three days. You may be able to solve some of the problem in three days, but the reality is it's something that you need to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing, keep being patient, keep being patient, keep thinking about how the, how you present food. And gradually over time, those habits get instilled into your family and into you and your child and things just sort them out and the reality is that picky eating is a spectrum and if you look at all of the children who exhibit picky eating some of them are going to grow into just what we call them normal eaters and some of them are still going to have elements of that picky eating left later on so where are we now my oldest child is 12. And he eats a large variety of foods. Dinner times aren't an issue in that our meal times are relaxed and calm. And we have systems in place. So for example, there's still a lot of foods that he doesn't like. Aubergines. I don't know what it is about poor aubergines. Kids do not like aubergines. None of my kids like aubergines. But we we tolerate them in terms of we don't eat them, but we pick them out. And I quite often will do them on the side rather than in the meal. So we have systems that work for our family. And as I say, he doesn't eat everything. Now, one thing he does do is he's quite keen on cooking treats and sweets. So my family policy is essentially, I don't buy any biscuits, or cakes or anything like that. And I have a policy which is, if you want it, you need to cook it. Now, I love experimenting with healthy treats and I'm constantly making healthy treats. And if anybody wants any healthy treats, well, I could do another podcast on healthy treats. But so many easy ways of using fruit and different ways of cooking things that are essentially biscuits or cakes, but without loads of flour and without loads of sugar. And I just like playing around and I have several that my, my children accept and will eat enthusiastically. But I don't make them that often because I'm busy and it is extra work to be doing. So he really likes to make cakes and he will make cakes for birthdays or at the weekend. He will often say, can I make a treat? And I have to get that balance right again. So he will go to the recipe books that have like kilos and kilos of sugar in and I'm just there going, oh my goodness, this has so much unnecessary sugar in. But it's about getting that balance right of encouraging him in the kitchen and allowing, you know, sort of developing these healthy eating habits. So we have certain recipes that, you know, they are full of sugar and flour. There are others which are sort of double the quantity of sugar and flour. And he's also now beginning to contribute to evening meals. So he goes to secondary school and he has a different timetable to the other children. He gets home at 2.30 and that's the end of his school day. So on Tuesdays, he cooks meals. And at the moment, his meals are bean balls with pasta and vegetables. And he is just going to do that meal over and over again until he's perfected it. He did have a meal, which was pizza, and he loved making pizza. In my mind, pizza is a treat food. And I don't want that to be something that we're eating on a weekly basis, it's perfectly fine to have it from time to time, but I would rather have it less frequently than more frequently. So we're balancing that act of him enjoying himself in the kitchen and also starting to cook more healthy things as well as cooking treats and sweets and exciting things that we all enjoy eating. And none of these foods are forbidden in moderation. It's just about Getting moderation right. And that's a really important lesson to teach our kids is about limits and saying, okay, we are going to have treats, but we're not going to have loads and loads of those treats. We're going to have a little bit of treat. And that's such an important thing to teach kids and for ourselves too. So, my other two children, um, number two and the female twin, Celeste are what I call adventurous eaters. So they will pretty much eat anything. There are certain things that they don't like, obviously. And I notice at times that they like to join in the I don't like certain things. So they do have certain things that they don't like, but it's not really a big deal. We manage that. And then number four is super, super picky, far more picky than number one, if that is at all possible, which it is. And He comes to the meals, and we have a balancing act between some meals that I know children will eat. So, for example, vegetable pasta is a meal that the kids will have, and we'll probably have that, I don't know, around once a month. But I know that it is a a meal that they will eat, and I can cook, it's easy to cook. And I combine it with more challenging meals. So, from times to times, we'll have meals where you know, he will just say, I don't really like anything. Now, I try to always have a safe food on the table. Sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes he's just, you know, I use chickpeas as a safe food. And he will say, I don't want chickpeas. Can I have green apple? And often I just say, yep, that is fine. You go and get yourself a green apple. So as far as him having healthy diet, I'm perfectly happy with that. He has lots of fruit and vegetables at breakfast, sorry, lots of fruit at breakfast. He will take fruit for snack. He will have carrot sticks at lunchtime. So he's getting a healthy diet. In terms of the stress at dinner times, has it totally disappeared? Not 100% because he's still very anxious. And it's not so much anxious about specifically food. It may be, but it may be something else that he's anxious about. And that is his personality. So we have learnt to deal with that. And part of learning to deal with that is looking after myself so that I have the energy to be able to address that when it happens you know for example in the morning when we're just about to leave and you think everything's going fine and then suddenly huge great stress about putting on shoes just as we're about to leave and that's really that stress time when you think okay we need to be leaving now that added stress is not helping if you'd done this 5 minutes ago we had time to deal with it without stress so it's again a juggling act So I hope that helps you see what life is like on the other side with systems and routines. And this isn't an issue issue. It's never going to go away entirely. I suspect that my youngest son will always have a certain element of anxiety. I suspect he will learn to manage his anxiety far, far more than he does now. But I suspect it's just inherent in him. And it shows up in terms of food. It shows up in terms of going to school. It shows up in all manner of things. And I will help him and help him, but it's never going to disappear. But what does happen is we manage it better and better and better as we go on. And obviously, as he gets older, part of that is just a natural progression of being able to manage things. So I hope that gives you a little bit of insight into a case study of healthy eating for children, and shows you that healthy eating for children is perfectly manageable, perfectly doable, and that your children can grow up eating healthy foods, and we can teach them healthy eating habits. Now, tomorrow, Dr. Orlina's office hour is going to be all about this. So, if you have a picky eater, please sign up. I'll put the show the URL in the show notes. It's dr.olina.com/slash-office-hour and if you would like to chat more about this I would love to chat to you I offer a 30 minute free or complimentary coaching session where we just talk a little bit about you about where you are about how it would look like if you could resolve all of these things and teach you and your family healthy eating and healthy living and making it easy. So if you're interested in that, again, I'll put a link in the show notes or you can just email me at orlina, or sorry, orlina at orlina.com. Have a fabulous week. I hope to see you tomorrow. Oh, the other thing about the Facebook group is I do a recording of the podcast and so you get it a little bit in advance and you get to watch it instead of listen to it if you prefer that. Have a lovely week. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. So much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Olina's simple system to healthy living for families at drolina dot com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast. I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.